Istanbul 74 presents How Can We All Make It Into the Future? 74 podcast series. On the podcast, we discuss the global pandemic we're currently facing and how it'll reshape our reality and society with opinion leaders and creative minds from all over the world. Let's explore together what the future might bring for us. Um, my name is Laura Feinstein, and I'm a freelance writer and editor, and today I'll be interviewing Ed Fornielis on his practice, his, what he has coming up, and how he is spending his quarantine. Uh, Ed, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, first off, we, we've been discussing a little bit about what your daily life is like. I was hoping you could tell us how you spend your days right now. Well, I'm a little bit alarmed that my routine has not changed much um, with COVID, uh, that I wake up pretty much in my studio and um, and then sort of log in. Uh, I mean, there are some, I suppose, marked differences, but um, yeah, I spent, predominantly it's spent in, a di- in the digital realm um, and all the physical kind of work that's being made, like films and sculptural works have been, has been put to a side for the moment. Um, in some of your past work, you have explored American culture from high schools to social media. I was wondering if seeing the images of quarantine and how American life has changed, if that will impact any of your work. I mean, the logic and the, and the framework for using um, America is, I suppose I'm interested in what's popular because what's popular is powerful and it's asserting itself globally. Um, so it's been interesting to, uh, yeah, to observe things that are unfolding in America and feeling how they are sort of bleeding out into um, into other realities. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard it's hard to say what's distinctly um, different between the English experience of this and the American experience. I think the, I don't know, which there is something about the political systems that we both inhabit and their differences that seem to be very apparent in this moment. And would you say that there is a difference between cultures and how we approach the digital space and our avatars and how we use social media? I mean, that's hard to say. I think the community that I exist in is probably s- spread over um, predominantly East, West Coast and 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 Europe. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, different communities use use the online online differently. I don't know if it's so geographically connected. I think there are other variables probably that define use. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, we were discussing earlier, but um, everyone is now on Zoom. Do you think that this is something that will now become a bigger part of your art and also a bigger part of our culture as we realize that we can live online successfully? Yeah, it's it's super interesting. I think it's like a general trend that's been occurring in the last few years. Um, this willingness to sort of face the camera and to have a direct interaction. And, um, you know, 
some friends will just predominantly just send voice messages for instance which i find deeply anxiety inducing so it reminds me of like uh um sort of telephone uh recorded messages um but yeah i think that like zoom definitely has created not just that one-to-one space but this sort of social space um through video messaging and they've done it successfully and i love the virtual background so already uh, already that's become like a, a core part of i think people's daily routines and you know i've been i've been i don't know from therapy to poker with friends to role playing uh it's definitely become like a an interesting tool if quarantine goes on as they're anticipating in some parts of the world for um you know six months to even maybe a year in some capacity how do you think that our relationship technology will change I mean, who can, who would knows? But I think already it's it's dramatically shifted um, our way of interacting and 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 finding what we need, and that includes things like intimacy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's odd. It's like it's sort of forcing this digital paradigm that was only really espoused as sort of a theory or like a direction before and now it feels very so much more tangible um so i presume we're just going to go further down that rabbit hole um for better or for worse and i think there'll be terrible things about it and fantastic things about it and i imagine given your body of work you're more in demand right now i was wondering if you have any projects that are going to come out of this time or that you were already working on that will incorporate this era? Yeah, it's interesting, actually. Like, um, I was talking to some friends who I think are probably associated with this sort of post-internet moment that happened in 2012, around that time. And um, we were just discussing how that's sort of, this moment is actually the ideal moment for a lot of the tools and techniques and practices developed then. And um, a lot of them, I, I've noticed, have returned back to some of those uh, original roots. Um, and like, I find myself uh, reconnecting with digital role play a lot. So uh, creating contexts and accounts that people then inhabit and narratives are allowed to sort of um, play themselves out through people. Um, so yeah, I've been primarily working on that at the moment. Um, are you continuing with your crypto project and would you mind telling us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, yes, the crypto project was really thinking of ways to generate or raise capital, especially for um, artists who perhaps work primarily with like in, immaterially. So, you know, from performance to digital work and often you know you you create these bodies of work and and you need to interface financially with the rest of the world and and the crypto stuff is an attempt to sort of i suppose take responsibility for that perhaps and maybe to offer a tool that other people might be able to use so it's really um it's basically a hybrid between um an artist print and a financial future that is encoded in a uh, crypto contract and ethereum contract um so 
the idea is quite simple. You buy this, what is ostensibly an artist print. And on the surface of the print is a crypto key, which allows you um, a one-time access to a percentage of a fund that's generated uh, from, the fund is generated from sales of work that were funded by the sale of the certificate that you've bought. Um, so for instance, let's say I sell these prints and um, they help me make a sculpture, which then gets sold. Then the sale of that sculpture, a percentage of that goes back into this fund. Um, and you can access your percentage of that sale by simply scratching off a panel on the uh, front of the certificate um, and then transferring the funds uh, into your Ethereum account. Um, so it's a bit complicated and convoluted, but it, it quite simply, it's just it's a funding mechanism. So is it is it sort of in some ways like Patreon or some of the other funding services? Yeah, I suppose it's like a standalone um, sort of uh, funding service like Patreon, like, you know, it, it, crowdsourcing and like crowdfunding, I think, is something really interesting. And it's um, the reason why it's interesting is because it diffuses risk across a larger network of support, which allows, I think, artists to be independent in a way that they're not in the current system. So like normally when it comes to art, you have very few wealthy people who are able to buy art. And so therefore, like your career or your capacity to exist in the world as an artist is dependent on those people or whatever financial, whatever funding bodies you can sort of interact with. And so this, I think, is an attempt to sort of um, free myself and perhaps hopefully others uh, from that uh, bind. Um, it In some ways, it, it makes it seem like so much of being an artist is about observing and presenting to the world. And in some ways, the artist has kind of become the art uh, and seen as kind of something to be observed and captured and almost commodified. Um, I was wondering if that's something you've noticed and also given your personal life experience, I know that you've been followed somewhat by the paparazzi. Has that exacerbated your feelings of being commodified? Uh, I think what you're talking about is a general trend that, you know, is um, has been occurring for a very long time. And, and maybe you could say that art uh, was almost spearheading that. And the artists have always been pretty good at it from, you know, well, I was about to mention like Warhol, but you should probably go back further where artists have create a cult of identity and their identity sort of um, mingles with the work, the, the cultural artifacts they produce, um, culminating in this kind of holistic kind of, I don't know, this whole thing. It's, uh, you don't buy, you just, you don't just buy the painting, you buy the artist at the same time somehow. And I think that that, um, that has sort of, spilled out into everybody's reality. Like I think everybody now has to, unfortunately, uh, or predominantly has to um, confront their identity creation and, and to understand that, um, yeah, like you're, everyone is building these masks which they have to sort of live behind or, or use in some way. Definitely, and, and I guess, you know, given that none of us can leave our homes, we're all kind of living behind masks 
do you think that in some ways we're all kind of becoming pieces of art ourselves? Huh. Uh, I hope so. Um, it's funny. I got into a, not an argument with my therapist recently about using masks. Uh, I always think that, you know, like, oh, we're kind of we're always, I mean, not to get too deep about this, but we're always, we're living within a constructed mask anyway, whatever we think about it. Like it's, it's, um, whoever you think you are is a construction of some kind. And I think what's interesting about the creation of online masks or just even thinking about the different forms that you might exist in. So like, you know, how you exist within your work, how you might exist within Facebook or Instagram or, or wherever that might be, or with your lover. Um, these are different versions of yourself. And to, what's nice, I think, about the more constructed versions, so like maybe in social media or in games or something, um, is that you're much more actively involved within the creation of those masks and perhaps that little bit of distance gives you some freedom and like what it is to be you and, and how you exist in the world. That's really interesting. I, I guess, you know, from a logistical standpoint, is this the time when, you know, maybe your gallery is asking you to push some of these questions into your art or to, to do projects that involve the public? Um, I mean, luckily for me, a lot of this stuff is already baked in. Uh, but I mean, just on a, so I've been producing or getting ready to sort of um, action a bunch of different online performance stuff that does involve, I suppose, members of the public for want of a better term, people. Um, but, um, and, but I've also been, the gallery itself is like, okay, well, the gallery has always just been a site, primarily a physical site, but obviously a cultural site with which interfaces, you know, has exists on certain platforms. So, you know, the artists at Carlos Ishikawa have been producing content that then has, you know, for instance, like myself, I run a reading group that has been looking at um, books and text, uh, which we can then talk about in a personal way. Um, so it's become a good excuse to uh, to coordinate that. And then other artists are doing other things um, that perhaps either align with their practice or is something new for them um, that they're experimenting with. And um, I, I imagine there's a lot of artists and creators that will listen to this podcast. And while everyone has their own method or technique, is there anything you might say to someone right now who is wondering how to approach their own practice, who's interested in the type of work that you do and is interested in, in the same messages? Um, yeah, I think, well, for me, like I'm mainly interested in how identity is is uh, created, and like what are the pressures that sort of um, are involved in that process? And I think if you, I don't know, I mean that's an I, for me that's an interesting question or exploration and journey to go on. And that it, for Domini, I think maybe what you'll be talking about will be role play, and I think that it often comes back into the work. Um, yeah, and I think now is a really exciting time to play with these spaces. And I think art has a responsibility to expand and inhabit whatever space um, 
people are, where people are. And, um, you know, I think at the moment people are primarily in, in inhabiting these online spaces and <clears throat> within those are a set of different potentials that didn't exist in our normal physical reality. Like how, you know, I love the fact that a performance online suddenly can be durational. It can involve tens to hundreds to thousands of people potentially. It can be immersive and reflective. It can um it can be part of like somebody's daily routine whereby like they can check in on it at, at certain points within the day. Um they can create these intimate relationships potentially uh through this sort of work. Um and maybe I don't know maybe there's also space to sort of reflect on those experiences and perhaps even question what you would consider like your naturalized normal state of being online. Um, yeah. Um, are you, have you been using any platforms lately beyond sort of role-playing, you know, Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat to, to just even for your own personal use? Um, oddly, I find myself more and more, I suppose maybe becoming isolated, like iMessenger becomes, has become quite important to me and like various different uh, groups on there. Um, but yeah, other platforms, I don't know. I feel that it, for me, often becomes research and project specific. And that if a certain type, you know, if I'm looking at a certain group of people that I'll probably just go to where they're going. Um, I guess just as an artist, is there any platform that you find fascinating right now where maybe people are using it as their community in this time when they cannot be with their physical community? Yeah, I mean, I mean, those, I mean, I don't know, because most people, the mainstream of things, um, like older than a certain age, you'll find that on Facebook, younger than a certain age, it's Instagram, younger than them, it's Snapchat. And then, then it suddenly diffuses into the hundreds of different, uh, like micro sites and communities. So, you know, from 4chan to like, you know, I don't know, other micro communities. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there are too many of them to sort of mention. And I've not really, I seem to primarily be finding myself on um, the main ones at the moment. And yeah, um, I, I struggled a little bit to try to figure out how to sum up all of your work into one or two neat sentences to introduce you because you are working on so many projects. I was wondering if you could kind of discuss what you're working on now, you know, what you've worked on in the last year that you would love people to know about. Um, the most important project that's actually finished as opposed to not been worked on is one called Cell. And that was really looking uh, primarily how like male identity performs itself so it used um the context of an alt-right gaming group or an alt-right group uh that was meeting in a physical space for the first time to sort of execute some kind of plan or intervention that would propagate their politics um and then that that was sort of used as a way to um look at the impulses which underpin those sorts of movements and those people and then through role play in a physical space to sort of undo them um, and deconstruct them. So 
it was over three days. Um, and we shot a sort of a, a film during this time, but um, it was an immersive role play with 10 participants uh, being documented with body cameras and CCTV footage. The, the first part of the performance mechanics were very much about like reinforcing a very, um, what's the word, uh, patriarchal and um, uh, ordered system which had the defining logic of you should always have somebody lower than yourself. So it became very an aggressive space to be where you were never secure in your own position because somebody was constantly always trying to undermine you. And in the second half of the performance, um, it was we transitioned through a sort of a group death. And then after this death, um, none of those rules worked anymore. And the participants had to sort of find a way of in, inhabiting the space um, that perhaps allowed them to be more vulnerable um, and allow them to sort of reflect on the previous behavior. Um, yeah, it's, it's a role play is an odd one in that respect that it allows you to do um, lots of kind of odd things which perhaps have these conceptual underpinnings but which are felt uh, by the people who perform them and maybe that's where their real value is. And a lot of your interviews have, have sort of looked at your work through an outsider's perspective. Um, I was wondering, what is one thing that you feel like no one ever asks you in interviews that you really would elaborate on? <laughs> Good question. Well, I don't know, maybe to riff off, off what you just said there, like I actually feel that I'm, um, yeah, as an outsider, uh, like for instance, being an English person and using the sort of mask of American culture, um, or even like being definitely not all right, but using the mask of the all right to explore something. Um, for me, what's important is actually what is personal and um, like, for instance, that work really related to a lot of my personal experiences in my own history, I think in school, which I found like a very brutalizing environment. And I think hopefully that the things that are being unpicked there have a certain universality to them. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, one of my, my final questions, we, we've been chatting for a little bit, but is there anything you want to just promote now that you have coming up that people can tune into, that they can check out or they can read? If anybody um, would like to try online role play and feels themselves perhaps, I don't know, good at that, um, which often involves adapting an alternative way of being and you know, creating worlds through, through the use of language, um, please do, because I'm about to launch a bunch of uh, different projects, some of them quite small and intimate uh, like simulating a relationship or a love that falls apart um, and then others more broad which will be creating or um, creating an alternative uh, small town much like the one I grew up in um, and creating families that exist over almost like the the daily reality of this real town um, 
so you would you you know you might perform as a child or as a parent or as whatever it might be um, over the course of several months. And are there any um, websites people can go to to learn more about this? Um, no, no, there aren't. <laughs> but, uh, you're very. <laughs> but uh, E D D F O R N I E L E S is my um, Instagram handle, uh, and there will be information intermittently kind of um, there, and you can always DM me. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us. Yeah, thank you. It's been a, been a pleasure. Have a great day.